Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's my birthday. That's right, it's come round and... I feel like we only just did this last year, and yet here we are. Um, the birthday episode is one where I just get to pick a film that I really want to watch, and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, the film that I've chosen, though, uh, because I've been trying to choose films that people might enjoy, is the Coen Brothers' Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, we did a Coen Brothers one last year, and we're sticking with the theme for this year. Joining me, as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Dr. Carmen Dolly. Hi, Stephen. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, happy <laughs> attending my birthday. Uh, <laughs> Thank pre- you very much. Yes, your birthday, it's already been, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it? in March, yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, happy birthday for March next Thank year. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Dr. Carmen, what do you know about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? So uh, I'm a bit embarrassed because in my head it was in the category of films that also includes other things I have not seen, such as No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. I thought it was a big drama, mm-hmm. serious, and from what you said about the Coen brothers and looking at the DVD, I don't think it's like that at all. Mm. Um, so I'm going to very, be very interested, interested to see it. I have no idea what to expect, so... Mm. It's going to be fun. Have you have you seen much Coen Brothers before? No. Okay. I don't think I've seen anything. I'm just looking at the DVD case as to what else they've made. The Big Lebowski and Fargo. I have not seen either of those either. Right. So, uh, yes, we will see what I think. Okay. Well, luckily, uh, we have someone who has seen the film and can tell us a little bit about uh, the Coens because it's Patrick Downs. Hi. How you doing, Pat? Ha- I'm good. Happy birthday. Thanks, Pat. Uh, your birthday also has yes, already Yes, mine's been... in April, so uh, we're... I'm done for this year. You're done for this yeah. year. Well, happy birthday <laughs> for April. Um, and welcome back out of uh, isolation because yeah, this is the first you. time we've had you out uh, in, in, in the flesh. I know we've done a few remote ones, mm. but it's nice to be back in uh, in studio, mm-hmm. in, in air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but face to face and uh, talking all about Oh Brother, Where Are Oh Brother, Where Are Thou? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, when did you last watch this film? It has been a long time. Mm. Like, I, it's probably been nearly 10 years since I've seen this movie. Right. Um, uh, in a vague, yeah. non-spoilery sort of way, uh, what what can people like Carmen who have not seen this film expect? Well, again, you you, you say you haven't seen much Coen Brothers. I was going to say it's very Coen Brothers, but that means nothing to <laughs> it you. It means nothing to um, you. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting when you kind of group it in with, with No Country for Old Men, which is a Coen Brothers movie, right? Um, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so my so, subconscious brain was Yeah, so you kind it, of... Yeah. In, the, it, 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 in a lot of ways, there's... a from memory, there's a lot of similar themes and kind of vibes mm-hmm. throughout it, but it is a comedy. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like a funny. It's, I mean, not really, because the story's entirely <laughs> different, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's wrong to kind of group those kinds of movies together. Because yeah. Okay, I'll take that. There, I'll take there's, that. There's similarities there for yeah. sure, even though tonally 
yeah. there's big differences. Completely different. Yeah. I think no country um, for for the Coen Brothers was them going. How much can we do without a joke? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. No Country of Men is is bleak. It's great, but yeah. it's bleak. It's not. There's yeah. no. It's not funny at all. Most of their other films have some level of joke in it, for sure. Whether yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The Big Lebowski um, with just the dude, whether it's yeah. um, in Fargo, Steve Buscemi, basically. Um, you yeah. know, th- there is always something in their films that is kind of that comedic element, and um, yeah, I think Oh Brother Where Art Thou is. From memory, it might be the funniest. From or at least for me, it's yeah. I I, I, I remember really enjoying it. I really like it as well. Yeah, because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But yeah, I remember, it probably is. Ooh, I don't know now, and people might be like, "It's not actually," but it might be the broadest comedy they've made. Perhaps yeah. actually, no. Burn after reading, which we did a couple of years yeah. ago, probably is. Yeah, it's, but it's tricky with them. Yeah, they're, they're so diverse. But it's definitely up there. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, all that being said, shall we watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, for those of you listening at home, popping those DVDs, and for goodness sake, I'm a Dapper Dan man, as we watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And by we, I of course mean uh, my very own soggy bottom boy, uh, Patrick Dans. <laughs> Bodafide! And our, um, our our man of constant sorrow, Dr. Carmen Dolly. <laughs> Hello, y'all. Uh, so, Carmen, that was your first time watching Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? What it did was, you think? God, that was so much fun. Mm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, it was silly and it made no sense in part and it was just delightful and i loved it <laughs> that's really nice to hear um because pat i'm, I'm sure well you already said that you, yeah. you you quite like this film um it's it's a relief to hear that isn't it yeah it really yeah. is because yeah, 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 because yeah. I, I have to admit watching this film again for the first time in probably more than a decade mm. um i forgot how weird this film it is, yes. yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and I don't mean weird in a negative sense, or or even necessarily in a positive sense. Just that it's so different. Even when you compare it to other films that the Coen Brothers made, yeah, it's different. It's not Fargo. It's not Hail Caesar. It's maybe the closest to Hail I was Caesar. Say, yeah, I was, I was going to say. I think yeah, it, it, Hail Caesar does have some. Mm. Like kind of like remnants of Oh Brother were out there, yeah. isn't it? Um, but, but I feel as though but, so, film, I take your point. Yeah, yeah this film I think has a stronger identity as to what it is uh, for sure than something yeah, like yeah, Hail yeah, Caesar, yeah. which I also enjoyed. But this, so did I. But yeah. yeah, this is definitely a, a bit of a standout. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just extremely pleasurable uh, to watch. I, I suppose, Carmen, what what were the things that really jumped out at you as being things that you latched onto? Um, I really like the way the film was shot, like with all the, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but like those sepia tones that weren't quite sepia tones and then just mm. playing with the colours breaking through at some point. That mm. was really yeah, cool. Yeah, like the colour grading was, yeah. was really cool. Yeah, colour grading, yeah. that's the that word sort I'm of thinking of. Wizard of Ozzy type yeah. transition <laughs> into colour over the first scene of the film. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, I, yeah. The story, such that it is, is uh, we're, we're following some escaped yeah. convicts, uh, Ulysses, Pete, and Delmar, who are broken off from a chain gang and going across 1930s America on an odyssey of their own. Um, and as we discovered watching this film, it was partly based upon the Odyssey by Homer. Mm. 
And I think that is maybe partly why it's so weird and scattergun in a sense. Because oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. It's, it does feel like a series of short films that they've kind of tied through these three characters. It, it, mm. in, in essence, it's a little bit Buster Scruggs. It, it, not, no, not, not. That, I have not seen that, but I. Was I, gonna, yeah, I neither have I. You oh, looked yeah. at me very expectantly. And I Sorry, said, oh, Pat. I don't yeah. know. I've not yeah. actually yeah, missed that one. But from what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. yes, yeah. it is okay. very well, Buster Scruggs. Yeah, well, Buster Scruggs, um, for for people who also don't know, um, is is a film which is separate, sort of like a collection of short stories, but with different casts in most of those stories. Mm. Um, this feels like, I guess, like what what wacky adventures can we get these three into? Uh, and keep them peppered throughout in most cases. Um, I, I think the, the performances, um, obviously, are one of the standout things, as they usually are with a Coen Brothers film. Mm. Um, and did, did, did you have a favourite of the three, of, of our main three? I really like them all. I thought they mm. everyone in this film gave great performances. Um, was it Tommy? I know he's not one of the three. But, mm. Yeah, Tommy, um, the, the, yeah, guitar. Tommy. the guitar player. I liked him. Yeah, yeah. he's great. He was yeah. just... Poor guy. He was just like along for the ride. He just caused in so much trouble with the rest of them. But yeah, no, I thought he was very cool. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I remember when I watched it the first time, I was all about Delmar, all about Tim Blake Nelson, yeah, just because yeah. he's so earnest. Yeah. And yeah, just that, that thing when they realize that um, they, they are wanted men and are going to go back to jail for 50 years. And he's like, I'm going to be 84. And then Delmar goes, I'll only be added too. <laughs> it's just, it, it's so delightful. But the thing I, uh, the performance I really enjoyed this time round of those main three was George Clooney's. Yeah. Mm, he did give a great performance. Yeah, it was wonderful. Because there was a wonderful thing that um, someone said when we were watching it, and I forget who said it, but that he's no Ulysses is no smarter than the other two. He just knows bigger words. Yeah, like that, that was yeah. Jason. That was Jason. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, yeah it, just that thing of um, you know, he is that kind of con man trickster type mm, mold mm. clearly not very good at it <laughs> um <laughs> but i yeah i really just loved what Clooney was doing in this yeah yeah, yeah. i i agree he, I, he's the standout for me i yeah. mean there, there's, there's no weak link mm. in the film no not at all um and each character um has moments of just uh, of, of brilliant acting choices of amazing dialogue mm. um mm. and and you know john Turturro i think is hilarious Mm. As Pete, but yeah, I mean George Clooney. I mean he he carries this. Well, not carries, but he holds this whole thing together. It's yeah. just yeah, he's so so great. Yeah, and so much fun to watch. And, yeah, and really, and it is his story. Yeah, it is yeah. the story of Ulysses. Yeah. It is literally and figuratively. It's the story of this this man who has lied to these two other men, but we don't know this until mm. the start of the third mm. act, mm. where mm. he's talking about this buried treasure that's hidden in the mountains and it's worth one point two million dollars. And that's not the case. He was actually trying to get back, trying to get back to his wife because she was going to remarry. Um, yeah. Because he went to jail for practicing law without a license, which again, like, fits his character. <laughs> oh, you talk, absolutely. You talk yeah. about this sort of gift of the gab yeah. con artist type character. He's mm. like the Troy that's, McClure of the thirties. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like, of, course, of course, that's why he's in jail. Yeah, yeah. 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 He pretended to be a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, and I just really enjoyed the way that that they all bounced off each other, but particularly mm. about how Ulysses was presenting this pretty much constant front of using the big words in all situations. And like, yeah. he's like, well, we've had a religious experience of our own, Tommy. These two just got baptized and you've sold your soul to the devil. Well, I guess I'm the only person who's undecided. Like, yeah. just, And he's just constantly rabbiting on. And it's very fun to watch um, and very fun to 
to ha- to sort of play along with. Yeah. And never really got annoying, which no. it no. could have done um, potentially, but but didn't. Yeah. Because you know what I think it is. I actually think. Again, he, he's always he's always kind of he's always like running game and you know, play, you know, feeding people lines and all that stuff. But I think he's playing it straight in a way. Like that is who Ulysses is mm. in this movie. You know, he's not kind of like. There's moments where he gets a bit down and he you know he sort of you know, maybe get you know drops drops the act a little bit. But it's mm. it's almost not an act. Yeah, mm. like that's just him, and I think he sells that really well. And because of that, you you believe it and you become quite invested in it. Hmm. So you know you don't get yeah. that kind. Of, it could be it could be quite annoying if he was flicking in and out, like yeah, yeah. or if like he was forced or yeah, like if he was forcing like a it, bit more, yeah. a bit more obligated to say this because yeah. that's what's in the script. But Absolutely. it just felt very spontaneous and yeah. very natural. And I feel like that was that helped a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. I think that's why it, why it really worked is that that's just who this man is. Mm. He's I, you know, mm. I, I suppose. Uh, the really excellent thing is, as you get with most Coen Brothers films, is that the rest of the cast do do match that in terms yeah. of just playing these, yeah. just mad madly big characters mm. like and yeah. just the, you know like Babyface Nelson is in this film for like three four scenes, <laughs> yeah. and when he turned up on the screen, um, I had a lot of moments of going, oh that's right, this was part of the film. <laughs> But I remember Babyface Nelson being a much bigger part of the story. I remember John Goodman's character being a much bigger part of the story. Mm. He's only in like three scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it is kind of mad how um, how effective and how big these these characters are. Yeah. Um, for for having such little screen time. Yeah. Did did you have a favorite? I, I guess or a standout. I guess. I can't want to say guest star in a, in a sense. It feels almost like supporting role. Yeah, supporting, supporting role. role. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I always love Stephen Root, no matter what he's in. I love him so much. So I think yeah, he he's just got to be the winner by default. I think. But mm. John Goodman is a very good actor, and I don't feel like he gets a lot of credit for being as good as he is. But you know, he was wonderful in this as well. Um, yeah, I think those would be probably the main two. Was it Holly Hunter? Yeah, 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 she was. She was yeah. great as well. Yes, yeah, uh, Penny. Uh, well, technically Penny Warby McGill, because mm. uh, there was a lot of last name changing yeah. that was happening. <laughs> she she had a very good comedic rapport. I felt yeah. like with George yeah, Clooney, absolutely. but you know, yeah. everyone yeah. was great. Everyone was so well cast, and they all just looked kind of like nineteen thirties American yeah. odd as well. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, and we we did know maybe partly because of the connection to the Odyssey, but there was a lot of a lot of blind people or a lot of people with. Yep. With vision impairments, obviously yeah. it was um, John Goodman as this cyclops. Cyclops, um, yeah. But you had the the blind man who was on the train tracks. Yeah. Um, oh, there yeah. was uh, the, mm. the radio station man, mm. Stephen Root's character, who's also uh, blind. Um, it, it just seemed like yeah, there was a lot of a lot of eye stuff. Was yeah, happening. I mean, like I don't know the Odyssey super well outside of like it's sort of basic beats, um, but I know blind seers are like a big. Thing in Greek mythology, yeah, and that that really comes up at the start where they where they meet that old man with the hand car, yeah, and he basically tells them everything that's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it's that real kind of like blind um, oracle yeah. character that is is massive in Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea of um, 
yeah, w- wisdom coming from those that do not see the way we do. And even yeah. uh, mm. to a point, Ulysses says that. He's like, well, you know, some blind people get supernatural powers <laughs> yeah. from, from yeah. Their, yeah. their senses being improved. And then he immediately called him an ignorant old man. <laughs> yeah, which was so lovely. Um, oh, so, yeah, this this film, it charts these, these three as they make their way through the deep south. And we see lots of lots of interesting things that feel a little bit timeless in terms of their Americana-ness. Um, mm. if that's a word, which I'm pretty sure it isn't, but um, but also things which are very distinctly of that era, that 1930s era. Um, and I, I thought that scene where they go to wash uh, Pete's cousin's house mm. or farm and it's completely dilapidated mm. by the, the Great Depression. I thought that did such a wonderful job of setting up that this is a really desperate world. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And setting that up early as well. Mm. Because it then justifies characters like Babyface, like Big Dan, mm. um, yeah. you know, m- basically just mugging them yeah. <laughs> using a tree branch. Yeah, and, yeah. But also that, that sort of leaning into um, religion, that sort of leaning into looking for leaders, looking for people to lead them. The fact that there was mm. a, a state governor election that was happening and you had these two figures that people were looking towards and building their hopes on. I I thought Mm. it was a really interesting look at almost, I guess, to an extent, like idolatry. Like like this idea of, um, which again feels like it fits within the Greek storytelling Mm -hmm. thing, but of man or or people taking the role of beings of higher power. Mm. Um, Mm. And that doesn't tend to happen in times when things are nice or things are going well. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, and I do have to say, I loved the the kid rescuing them from the barn with the oh, yeah. with the blocks tied to his feet and just driving through the barn yeah, like, yeah. get in, we're gonna, are you in an OFT? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the film doesn't necessarily it has villains, but I think this is a really interesting film where the villains aren't. The, the real villains are kind of like the character's own flaws and that the physically yeah. present villains are just sort of a manifestation of that. Like yeah. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. 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 Particularly the tracker character. Yeah. Um, yeah. With his, with his I mean, I would glasses. argue he's sort of the most villainous. Mm. You know, he's sort of the main villain in a sense, but but you're right. It's, Which it, is it's, ironic it's, in a film that has a Ku Klux Klan in it, but... Um, well, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> but I guess for our main characters, yeah, uh, for our trio of main characters, yeah, he's sort of the main thing they're running from. But you're right, Steve, like, it, yeah, he's, he's a manifestation of their own choices. I also think that, um, the, like I said, the, the desperation, uh, even though this, this is not a sad or serious movie by any means, you do you say with, 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 with Wash's farm at the beginning and mm. you do get the sense that this is a this is a desperate time. People have no money, they've got nothing, there's no food. Mm. Um, and that, that that's always there. And that that's kind of the that's kind of the villain as well, I think. Mm. He's yeah, overarching is that situation. Yeah, this yeah. sort of this helplessness uh, of being stuck in a situation that you didn't you don't really have any control over, you know, yeah. kind of, uh, because there is a little bit of a play with, with power and things. He's talking about religion and, mm. uh, and, and it's relation to politics and all that kind of stuff and how it's manipulated. And yeah. they're a little, it's not, it's not in your face. It's not massive. You can easily ignore it, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of commentary on, I think being 
stuck and being a victim of the system. Yeah. Yeah. In this film, and, and particularly but, in a setting like the Deep South, like yeah, Mississippi, yeah. which you know, like a lot of the South in the states, was was massively screwed over by Absolutely, the Great yeah. Depression mm. um, and by all the tumult that was caused by that. Um, yeah, I, I just it's just such a fascinating film. Mm. I, it's it's almost impossible to pin down like where where you analyze bits of it mm. it's almost as though you have to take it scene by scene kind of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like, very much so like the siren scene which i think <laughs> yeah. is the most on the nose sort of um this is a reference the odyssey <laughs> <laughs> um but it's um but it works it does yeah. work yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and if you know and i really like that interpretation of it being you know, these these women are washing their clothes in the river. It's it's got that thin veneer of like it would be believable that some young ladies would be washing their clothes and smacking them on rocks to get mm. them dry, but then it goes into this sort of siren song where it's drawing them in. And yeah, the fact that it draws Pete in when he's in the car, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Like it, you can only just about hear it but he's straight onto it and is just yeah. like i'm there i'm there and just being drawn in by it it's yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's bizarre but it, it works mm. um yeah. yeah it feels like the most i guess supernatural of all the scenes in the sense that, like there's something going on like how does he hear the music from the car kind of thing you know like yeah. there's something a little bit else at play even though it's not in the story but that's the way it feels yeah, yeah. You know, like there's something angelic, but also you know, tri- yeah. tri- trickery mm. about the about the girls, about the women, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's an interesting little interesting little scene. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that it's one of sort of three scenes that really focus on like the the draw power of songs, and that's actually a big mm. plot point mm. as well mm. with the Soggy Bottom Boys. But we see the um, kind of water. The yeah, with the I river water, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. The There's, water really plays into it a lot. Yeah, because yeah. you have the river baptism, which is still like just a stunningly shot and oh, performed sequence. Yes. Yeah, and like I genuinely believe the characters of of Delmar and Pete being like, yes, let's get baptized, let's yeah. wash away our sins, and like that little earnest speech Delmar does of like, you know, all my sins have been absolved, <laughs> and, yeah. and all that is. So lovely, and similarly, really lovely. At Ulysses is just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I feel like, yeah, the the power of of music with the Soggy Bottom Boys with their with their record is is really interesting. But but the other scene with music that really drew me in, I think maybe the most striking scene of the film is the Ku Klux Klan scene. Yeah. Um, some. Were you expecting anything like that when that popped up? No, I mean, I actually well. I was kind of thinking when the when the actual governor was like, you saw his campaign for re-election and things. So I was like, oh, these bloody southern white supremacist mm. things. And then it turned out to be the other guy who was the grand wizard. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, the one who was spruiking yeah. uh, reform and yeah, change was actually yeah. the... It was pretty yeah. ironic, but I didn't expect the clan itself to be in there, yeah. I guess. You didn't expect a routine with several hundred people in clan outfits doing no. like a, a big marching song. No, I've not seen anything like that since uh, Jerry Springer, the opera, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very similar. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it was... I'd forgotten the clamor in this film at all. Right. And so when that shot happens where they're all suddenly they're lit in like yellow and red and then you see it, the character's perspective and it's just a big old clam rally and you're like, oh snap, I forgot <laughs> all about this. Yeah. And it's so important to the film. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, and I think it's a really interesting depiction of the clan as well. 
Because throwing the Ku Klux Klan into the middle, what is essentially a hillbilly comedy uh, with with songs, mm. throwing that in there, I think is is a very um, very bold move. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, but it works. No, I, it's it, very appropriate. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like it was being done for the wrong reasons in terms of like no. to to shock because it's like oh that it's the clan like mm. yeah. No, I think Carmen's right. It, it's really appropriate because of course these guys would exist in this period. And again, we talk about yeah. it, it's, a, it's a time of desperation when, hey, let's get, let's talk about current <laughs> politics. Like it's not a good time and people are turning to bad things to yeah. cope with it. You yeah. know, like you, it happens. You want someone to scapegoat. And yeah, that's, exactly. That's the sad truth um, is just some people need that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm. Um, but I think that uh, it's a bold move. But I think it paid off because it never, it didn't, it was still really funny. It was like yeah. it was like a wiz- it reminded me of the Wizard of Oz, kind you know, yeah. with the marching guards. Yeah, kind of like a holy um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite. And they didn't make the clan like bumbling. Yeah, they yeah. just it was more just like it just let it just kind of let it speak for itself. Yeah, like this is a stupid thing. Yeah. Mm. See, um, to compare it to another film in which the clan make an appearance, uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, right. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. where they are much more bumbling in yeah, that. Yeah, they're just fools. Where they're just going like, sacks on their head. my yeah. wife sat up all night making yeah. these hoods. Like, and it's really yeah. funny and, it's, yeah. a, and it's, a, it's a totally legit and good way to portray them. But yeah. I think this is just an alternative. Like, yeah. But also, just let them, let them yeah. do their thing. And they're go, weird as They're <laughs> weird as hell and they're dumb and they believe their beliefs are stupid. Mm. Let that speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. And, and the film absolutely shows that. Almost, oh, absolutely. I would say almost to an unbelievable degree with everyone in that town hall meeting after Homer goes like, we can't have this mixed race band here. And they're all going, boo, we uniformly are okay with, <laughs> yeah, with non-white bit, people. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like, okay. It was a bit like, we just really like their music. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, Which, you know, you, I guess you could kind of see as a comment on, yeah. on, that, on that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it, it may be a little... Maybe the little movie, maybe the movie giving itself yeah. a little bit as leeway there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I mean, this is kind of an American fantasy more than like it's a... It's also 20 years old. old. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it shouldn't be 20 years old. What's going on? Yeah. No one in yeah. this film seems to have aged at all, no which way, I'm concerned right? about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like one or two who've passed on, um, but like like Charles Durning, who plays Papio Daniel. Uh, right. But that's kind of about it. Also, quick shout out to Papio Daniel. I love him. He's yeah. he, like he is a knowing, honest piece of shit. Like he he, he is he does not he, he we see him play politics like when yeah. he gets up and does the dance and like everyone's like, Oh the governor's dancing with the Sergey Bottom boys. He must be all right. <laughs> yeah. you know? Is he yeah. the actual big Lebowski? Is that the same actor? Mm-hmm. He looks the same. He certainly has the I have of seen him. him in something else and yeah. I can't remember what. Because I was trying to cause, cause you know the Con brothers do like to reuse actors yeah. and it did make me wonder if if he was uh, just look sort of the, the actual Lebowski in that movie uh, he is not the oh, big Lebowski okay. but, but he does have the look of him he does look a lot like him yeah yeah, right. and yeah certainly I think again you're right the Coens do have a certain type and you know it's like oh if we, we can't get this actor we'll get someone that's a lot like them yeah. but usually yeah. they get their actor they're yeah, normally exactly. working with like Clooney's been in Several of their yeah, films. Yeah, and like John Goodman. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, so, you know, um, J.K. Simmons wasn't in this one, which was weird. No. But, like, you'll find him in most of the <laughs> other ones. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I just found... Um, I found Pappy 
very like his his whole story and his cohort quite watchable and quite enjoyable um because he was he's not a nice character he's not a person no. that is admirable but he's completely honest in mm. terms of like when he's with his his team and i think it's just really interesting that he's shown kind of being the lesser of two evils yeah yeah and um, i think it's also that mm. desperation as well it's just that he's playing off that desperation and that that need as you say to seek out an idol through music and he's like playing that to his advantage and you know he's just he's using that desperation but in a different way to benefit mm. himself mm. as every as everyone is in this movie yeah uh before we move on to the trivia we got to talk about the toad i i feel like <laughs> that's that's kind of like one of the things that people really latch on to from this film that whole 10 minutes of the film <laughs> where um delmar thinks that pete's a toad yep. and I, that, again that's something that i think i remember being a much bigger part of the film yeah yeah, yeah. because the impact of when big dan smushes the toad oh. in his hand and then throws its body against the tree mm. um i remember that being even though you know knowing it's not um pete just the way that um tim blake nelson is reacting to yeah. that, the way, yeah. the way that he performs delmar in those scenes is heartbreaking because mm. yeah. he honestly believes that one of his friends has just been crushed to death by big dan yeah, yeah. and it's it's also just very funny yeah. <laughs> it's it's that thing that the coens do of walking that fine line between like this is violent and horrible but it makes you laugh yeah it's a bit yeah, like yeah. um spoiler for um burn after reading you know, i think you know yeah when brad pitt gets it, killed exactly in what i was thinking <laughs> yeah. it's the same kind of vibe yeah. when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. he because it's so sudden and it's so stupid and how so it happens. brutal yeah Funny. <laughs> it's funny, yeah, because then you have George Clooney's character reacting after it, yeah. and it's like he's genuinely reacting to to killing someone that he shouldn't have, yeah. and it's hilarious and like awful at the same time. Um, yeah, I just think I don't know how they do it. Yeah, they, mm. they, they they just manage it in in quite a lot of their films, yeah. and it's yeah. so so yeah. fun to watch. It's, it's a real skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. very very talented uh, guys. The music from this film mm. we, we touched on briefly uh but carmen this is your first time listening to the music of this film yeah what did you think of it i liked it i am not a big fan of like music sort of 10 15 years after this i don't like 1940s music i just find mm. it very depressing um this was i guess a lot of like serious religious themes but mm. also very uplifting and i don't know i'm a fan of like good harmonies and the mm. harmonies were nice and i'm very impressed that the boys from the jail could sing so well with no apparent training but mm. they did well when you smash um, rocks all day and yeah. you're part of like a <laughs> yeah. chain gang like you you get practice yeah absolutely but no the music the music was fun and i thought it, it fitted it really well mm. um it added a lot to kind of again that sort of sense of desperation as well but yeah, in yeah. sort of that fun uplifting way i guess yeah mm. yeah uh, just a tremendous thing and uh i find it very hard to not sing along to uh uh, I'm a man of constant sorrow. It's such a good song. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good song. When we sat down here in these microphones, I was really tempted to just start going ah, but then I was like, no, can't sing, can't sing that well. Not going to do it. Um, would you guys like some trivia about Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Let's do Let's it. Go. Okay. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, we're going to start. Put a, put a. This is not helpful or whatever it is you can put on. Yeah. Yeah. IMDb actually, trivia. Yeah. Please, please let us know. Yeah. Um, 
The first bit of trivia is to do with music from the film. The Prisoner's musical chant from the beginning of the film and in the soundtrack was an actual recording of a chain gang. Oh, That's okay. cool. Mm. That's really cool. There are some yeah. elements of this where they took music from either around the time period or in the years following mm. um, the 30s to, to try and do that. But yeah, that was yeah. a recording of an actual chain gang. Oh, wow. And I did not know that uh, until doing the research for this. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh okay. That's that's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Very dark, but kind of mm, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, George Clooney, upon reading the script, did not immediately understand his character. So he sent the script to his uncle Jack, who was a tobacco farmer who lived in Kentucky, and asked him to read the entire script into a tape recorder. <laughs> Unknown to Clooney, his uncle Jack, who is a devout Baptist, omitted all instances of the words damn and hell from the script, <laughs> uh, which only became known to Clooney after the directors pointed this out to him in the middle of shooting. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Um, Ulysses never swears because George Clooney's Uncle Jack wouldn't swear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh. Which I think is really fun. Also, that is yeah. really fun. Jack uh, had never been on, on an aeroplane before they flew him out to the premiere. So <laughs> That's really cool. Wow. Yeah. Which I th- wow. Yeah, but just, um, yeah, I just think it's really interesting that he's like, oh, Uncle Jack will, will know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny also that he didn't pick up the script after he... Got his uncle to record it. Yeah, he never looked at the script no. again. Just hang on, lines hang really, on a yeah. second. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, some of the some of the acting with the Coen Brothers films is kind of famous for that, where they're 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 not as meticulous as as some filmmakers as being like you have to say every word as scripted and the yeah, punctuation is right. important. Mm. It's mm. more like we know this script's good and we know that you're a good actor, so yeah. we're going to trust you to to make this better, to elevate yes. it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, look, I'm. At no point was I going, oh, I really wish George Clooney was saying, damn. <laughs> no, ex- yeah, exactly. You wouldn't, yeah. you'd never notice no, it. No. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Mr. Clooney, he practiced his singing for weeks, but in the end, his singing voice is dubbed in the film by the country oh. blues singer mm. Dan Timinski. Oh. Yeah, I did wonder Sorry, how much George. of this was dubbed. <laughs> but Tim Blake Nelson was singing. Ah. That's cool. Yeah, that, that is Tim Blake Nelson singing on the, mm. on the soundtrack. What about John Turturro? It doesn't say. Yeah. Doesn't say. What, what about the the kids? His daughters were they singing? Because I thought they were very good actors, and I was like, "That's, I, that's I, impressive if they're singing I that well the, and acting that well." Yeah, I love the kids. The oh, little, so the little girls are so. Mm. You ain't bonafide. <laughs> Mama said you were hit by a train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a suitor. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. they're amazing actors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'd be, yeah, you're right. It'd be interesting to know if they were. Yeah, because that would be very singing. impressive yeah. if they were singing that well and acting that well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although Homer is given a co-writing credit on the film, the Coen brothers claim to have never read the Odyssey uh, and were familiar with it only through cultural osmosis and film adaptations. Yeah. And The Simpsons. And The Simpsons, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Homer was very popular there. Um, Ulysses Everett McGill's childhood home shown at the end of the film where they go to search for the ring was based on the cabin from The Evil Dead. Oh, okay. yeah, that makes sense. Cool, 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 Can see that. Cool, cool. Joel yeah. Cohen was the assistant editor on that film, which was his first feature. Oh, nice. But yeah, they went for a, a bit of an Evil Dead yeah. look, and That's I cool. think it really fits that whole uh, final reckoning with with the yeah. sheriff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and him going like, "We don't got no radios <laughs> up here." Yeah, yeah. And the river saves them. Yeah. yeah. Water. At the end. Water, man. The river. Yeah. It's, it's, it's you, you could easily analyze this film in high school if you wanted to. Yeah. The themes, yeah. I'm you sure know, the music have. and <laughs> the water. And the... Yeah. Um, the American Humane Society, an organization that protects animal rights, mistook a computer-generated cow in this film for a real animal and demanded proof uh, before they would allow the use of their disclaimer, no animals were harmed during the making of this film. 
Uh, after seeing a demonstration at Digital Domain of how the cow was created, the Humane Association added the now familiar but then much rarer scenes which may appear to place an animal in jeopardy were simulated. Mm. I believe this is in reference to the cow that gets run over by the car oh. in the oh, chase. Yeah. I thought it might be I the th- one that's on the roof. I thought it might have been the one that got shot. There's a lot of poor cows. There's a lot, there's a lot of cow trauma in this because movie. There is. Even, even 20 years on, that CGI still holds up. Yeah, yeah like, particularly when it gets hit by the car. Yeah, I did wonder if that was real that and I was one, like, they, that, they looked, can't... that looked really real. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But yeah, they, they had to be I was to like, they can't, have, they can't have done that, you no, know, not no 20 way. years this ago. Isn't, this yeah. isn't the 1930s or whatever. But yeah. they <laughs> actually run over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about 350 extras were hired for the clan rally sequence. Many of them were members of a military formation troop and many of them were African-American. Uh, Joel Cohen later recalled hearing one say, this is the freakiest thing. <laughs> Which, Again, like Jerry Spring of the Opera, tap dancing clan members, half of them black. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Uh, Dan Timinski, the mandolin player in the concert rally scene, uh, was the voice actor for uh, George Clooney singing. Uh, Timinski toured occasionally with other members of Union Station as the Soggy Bottom Boys went on hiatus from his longtime gig. So the Soggy Bottom Boys have been touring since yeah. this film. There was done. you go. But yeah. Uh, I just like that little bit of the film bleeding into real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the soundtrack for this was huge. Um, like, it was one of the top-selling movie soundtracks of, of 2001. I can see why. Yeah, that, that's yeah. understandable, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Turturro told Tim Blake Nelson on set, look, the way it works with their movies, and I've been enough of them to consider myself an authority, is that you take the script, and the movie is going to be two times better than the script, and the script's a classic, Tim. We're going to be in a classic. So Totoro was all on board. <laughs> he, yeah, he knew this was going to be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, it's real good. It is real it's good. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got some alternate casting options. So the, these are actors that Cohen's considered. Uh, this is not to say whether or not they're better than the actor that got the role. This is just, do you think they could have done a good job? Sure. Uh, okay, let's and do the it. first is for the role of um, Tim Blake Nelson's character, Delmar O'Donnell, um, Michael J. Fox. Ooh. It would have been very different. Yeah, he's, he's got com- good comedic ability. I don't know if he could pull off that character. Yeah, I'd be I don't know if he could be it. sort of quiet and slow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the options for Delmar O'Donnell are pretty wild in variety because uh, also considered was Kevin Klein. Okay, I, uh, that could that, that yeah, could work. Okay, I could see right, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. But I, I almost see him as more of a, 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 a dapper Dan man, as more of a yeah, Ulysses. Yeah, he is. A, he would yeah. be a very good Ulysses as well. Yeah, um, and the other Delmar Donalds. Um, the other one that's on here is Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't really have an idea of what they wanted for yeah, that character. Yeah, you know, quite possibly. But the idea of him coming out of the river going, I have been saved, brothers! <laughs> it would have been really good. But again, it's like yeah. that. It's so hard with these because, you know, like obviously we've seen the movie. It's a bit like there are certain ca- character elements to Delmar that like, you know, uh, even when, uh, what's that line that uh, Big Dan has? It's like, you don't say much, but when you do it to the point. Yeah. yeah. Like that would that line wouldn't work. With like Danny DeVito, no. <laughs> no. like he would say a lot. Yeah, yeah. he would. Yeah. Um, speaking of Big Dan, uh, a couple of the actors considered for Big yeah, Dan great. include um, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him yeah. with a big old chunk of wood. Just who, who is Jeff Bridges? Sorry, it's the dude. He's he's the big Lebowski. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I um, yeah. yeah, I have trouble putting um, names to faces and faces and to names sometimes. Mm. 
and uh, he was in The Hateful Eight. He's the man that destroyed the priceless guitar. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and many other things. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's Jeff Bridges. Um, also considered for the role of Big Dan, and this is just a bit wild, was Mel Brooks. Oh, okay. okay. Which I think would have been a very different interpretation. Mm. I don't know that he would have necessarily been as physically present yeah. as John Goodman was. I would yeah. still buy that though. I, would, I, I could buy yeah. him being like a like a, a, a trickster, um, yeah, mm. uh, Bible bashing um, preacher swindler. Basically, yeah, I could, I could yeah. see him yeah. playing that. I just. I'd be laughing too much. That's the thing, though. He's just yeah. got a very funny face. And also, it reminds me, this this film is essentially just Blazing Saddles without um, <laughs> without without Rock Ridge. Like, there's yeah. so many similarities yeah. between those two films. Yeah. It's it's kind of wild. So, you know, when the KKK turn up, you're like, yep, no, yep. that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> I think just what... need the bean scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you also need the... the someone physically imposing because mm. again he's meant yeah. to be the cyclops if you want to take that from the story and transplant it into the movie mm. he needs to be physically scary yeah yeah mm. um, mel, mel brooks he's that. not really no. <laughs> um, there are a couple but of... john goodman oh. is terrifying yeah, like, when you've got, like, like when he hit them in the face yeah with yeah. that branch like, I, I was actually a bit worried for george Clooney. yeah, 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 yeah. in the face just like well we were oh, talking about um 10 cloverfield lane oh, a little bit earlier and so like good he's so that. good and but he is so scary in yeah. that movie like mm. he's just like a bear has just wandered onto set yeah. and started talking like it's it that is an intense 90 yeah, minutes or however yeah. long that film oh, is and it's yeah. just purely yeah. thanks to his performance Absolutely. i feel like uh, a couple of actors that were considered for the part of penny warby mcgill uh, mini driver oh yeah yeah, yeah could see that yeah, i could too. see that yeah. uh the other one that's on here uh the other two sorry uh nicole kidman hmm <laughs> I feel like she's a. I don't know. I don't. Don't take this in the wrong way, but like a little bit too pretty and too. That's fancy. what I was gonna say. Yeah, I think she'd. Yeah, she'd be a bit too glamorous. Yeah. And the other one from this time period was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Again, yeah. too. I think she was. Yeah. She would have possibly been a bit too young. Yeah. And maybe and just yeah, just perhaps not given it quite as much character as it needed because, mm. again, like it's a. It's not a particularly big role, unfortunately. Mm. So, to make it pop. You need someone who yeah. can give it some, give it some guts, give it some yeah, character, give it some sass. Yeah, yeah. and I don't think Gwen Fulcher would have done no. that. Uh, and finally, a couple of pappy options: um, uh, Donald Sutherland. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe. And the other one. A little um, too slow, I feel. Maybe. Like. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that was considered, and again, like the fact that this could have been an option is a bit mad. Sean Connery. Oh. God. Okay. Th- this film could have been Sean Connery. And Danny DeVito Can and Mel Brooks could have been. Can he even do a southern accent? No, he would have just no. been. It would have just been him going like, "I'm going to pardon the shoggy bottom boys." <laughs> oh, Bane has walked in. Oh yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'll I'll move my Connery impression over here. That was, that was not. But a... can you imagine him like, like you know, dancing onto yeah. the stage and like wiggling his butt and like yeah, I can't see the, him like doing that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think I think they. He wouldn't. I, he wouldn't yeah. have been able to give it that that kind of, you know, contra charm. Yeah. You know, yeah. That that, um, that that actor it would have gave been, him. He would have been from the wrong country. That's the problem. Well, that, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, uh, I think they did a good job with the casting. I, yeah. I, I have to agree. I think the casting of this film is is pretty sensational. Um, and all that remains for us to do now is to score the film. And Dr. Ooh. Carmen, you mm. get to go first because it was your first time watching. Oh, brother, where art thou? 
What would you give it out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it eight Dapper Dan hair pomade tins out of 10. I'm a Dapper Dan man, Dan. (laughs) I really love just how nonplus the shopkeeper is in that scene as well. It's going to take two weeks. Everything's two weeks. What a remarkable feature of geography. (laughs) Geographical anomaly, whatever that line is. So good. Excellent. All right, so eight for Carmen. What about you, Pat? I'm going to give it nine stick-roasted gophers. Mm. (laughs) Maybe nine and a half. It's great. Um... It's really, really, I think it's a classic film. Mm-hmm. And if you like that, that kind of movie, that it's a little bit off the wall, yeah, it's very funny. It can't get much better. Yeah. Mm. Even knowing that I've liked this film previously, I did find myself having to tune in to how this film worked watching it. And that's why I give it like half a point off. Yeah. yeah. It's because it, it, you do have to really pay attention. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, it can, there are times where you can kind of zone out a little bit. Mm. Yeah, but that's it. That's yeah. it's, that's its one flaw. I think. Yeah, I, I really just enjoyed it though. I think it's mm. um, I, I think it's an incredibly well made film, and it's just nice to see that it still holds up, even like the cow CGI yeah. and things like <laughs> yeah, that. It's, yeah. it, it's just nice that yeah, this this film has held up, and I think it's a film that it's it's not talked about very often uh, as being like a sort of important or, or classic film no. of this era I think it maybe deserves slightly better than that I think so yeah. it often doesn't come up either in conversations about the Coen brothers I think yeah okay I mean yeah. Am- admittedly their, their catalogue is sensational yeah like, but yeah I mean like you, you obviously hit the big ones like Lebowski like Fargo and like No Country for Old Men and mm. like they're the kind of the big standouts and they are great mm. but I don't think this one's up there and I agree. I think it gets ignored. Yeah. Well, maybe not ignored, but forgotten. Yeah. It's a bit like John Goodman in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Like, he should be more loved, damn it. And so yeah. should this film. Um, so, look, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it eight and a half um, squashed frogs out of ten. <laughs> it was it was a real joy to sit down and watch this one. And Patrick and Carmen, thank you so much for watching it with me. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's too. a very good choice. Yeah. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Hey, uh, I picked this film this week purely because uh, it's my birthday and I'll watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou if I want to. But you can help us pick films sometimes. In fact, next um, next up we've got uh, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming, that's right. The year isn't over yet, <laughs> but Christmas is coming. And we're going to need your help to decide what Christmas film we're going to review. But how can I do that? I'm presuming that you're asking well a couple of ways uh, you can become a member of our patreon over at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast uh, and people who are signed up on there get to join up and uh, for as little as a dollar a month they can suggest uh, films that are coming up on the podcast they can get extra bonus material oh boy howdy there's some fun to be had there so just look for us over on patreon and if you want to vote on those films in the official poll you can find us on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there and if you want to hear the episode of the review that you have suggested and voted on might i suggest subscribing uh, itunes soundcloud spotify all words that are the names of places that you can subscribe to this podcast. I'm sure there's plenty of others as well. Just yeah. search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, if you listen to this and you haven't subscribed, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, going in every week, yeah. going, it's Wednesday, better go find yeah, the episode. Yeah, better go look it up, better go type it into the search bar. Yeah. You, you know what? You're wasting your own time. Yeah, we're trying to help you here. <laughs> we're trying to help you so you can watch more films like Oh Brother, Where Art Though. Uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time, Goodbye. Bonafide.
You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.